0: Welcome, everyone, to the Blind Entrepreneur Podcast, where we help entrepreneurs and business professionals execute their vision by guiding them to profitability. Let's go! You're listening to episode 180, and today we have Ryan Strandine. He's a lifelong entrepreneur and did everything from running an international entertainment company to a photo album scanning company to a marketing software company, and now a kombucha subscription company. Kombucha is something that I've been drinking for a while now, and I'm excited to hear more from an expert about this, especially going the route of subscription model. It's definitely a, a different take, um, Ryan, welcome to the show, man. How are you today?
1: Hey, I'm doing great. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me on.
0: No, absolutely. So before we get into the heavy-hitting questions about business and entrepreneurship, uh, we have to talk about the important stuff, and that's food. And I'm sure it's something <laughs> that you uh, that you love talking about since you're in that, uh, that in that business. So um, imagine you just had the absolute best day of your life. Where are you going to eat, and what are you going to order to make your day complete?
1: Hmm depends on my craving of the day but i do tend to being a seattle local i do tend to crave sushi more often than not mm. so i'd probably head over to shiro's in belltown or umi sushi
0: nice <laughs> there was uh, are, are you drinking kombucha with it or no
1: I usually have kombucha in the mornings.
0: Yeah, I, and and it's so, interesting. is not really a breakfast
1: food, <laughs> right?
0: No, well, I guess it depends on what time you wake up. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but I love Seattle, and something I found really interesting about Seattle was the incredible oysters. Um, mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly where uh, I went to, but it was like all the way like if this is Seattle, and you're looking on a the map, then you got mm-hmm. the the ogre, I think it is, and then it's like right here.
1: So east of Fremont, or the or the troll, is the troll, the troll.
0: That's right, the troll. So it's okay. in, it's right on Fremont, but it's like also right on. It's like the oyster spot. It apparently, it's one of the best in the world, and I can't remember the name. It's like the I think it may, something with to do with the walrus. Does that ring a bell?
1: Rings a bell. I'm. I'll have an oyster, but I'm not a fanatic, so yeah. I'm actually not that good it's on. It's all good. Topic. <laughs> it's, not even, it's
0: not even relevant to the conversation, but I just remember having one of the best meals in Seattle, and it's such an awesome startup town as well, uh, as I'm sure we're going to learn a little bit more about. Um, but first, question is: Tell me about a time that you felt lost or blind in business, and how did you overcome those obstacles?
1: Lost or blind. Um, I don't know. In business, I think, in almost every business, there's really only two jobs. There's building it and selling it. And I've always been on the selling it side of things, on marketing, sales, business development, um, HR, all those things. And so whenever production isn't getting done to a degree that I want it to get done, it can be hard, right? Because You can sell it if it does this. You can sell it if it does that. But if if your expectations or what you promise clients isn't getting done in the right timelines, it can really make you start to feel like you're not in a good spot. Something needs to change if that's a new company, if that is um, a change in roles. But whenever there's a disconnect there, it can be really hard.
0: Yeah, so you were on the selling side, um, and you also have been in multiple... Uh, organizations how come this one's different than all the others
1: so i've actually learned from the last couple of companies i've done and kind of figured out what i really like and what i'm really good at and from the entertainment company what i really liked was that experiential marketing that you could get out there you could do physical marketing you could throw events you could um you could generate a lot of people to show up at one thing at one time and it was this really fun pretty low um Ticket price, like between 10 and 30 bucks, sometimes more, but it wasn't going to break the bank. Anybody could go. You just had to let them know about it. And I really like that high volume. And then I went into a um, marketing software company where deals were up to $40,000 a piece. So there are these really long sales cycles, lots of gatekeepers, talking to someone who talks to someone who talks to someone who talks to somebody, and then you get a big win. But it's really a lot of labor-intensive, and I think I like the little ones a lot more. So um, when I got to the kombucha, it was kind of a synthesis of the two. It was these $30-a-month subscriptions, so it's that anybody can purchase it, but in kind of the high high volume, but then I'm using kind of the subscription model from SaaS that I love so much
2: Mm.
1: and kind of hybridizing them. So even though the industry is completely different from a sales perspective, it kind of combines what I liked about software and what I liked about entertainment.
0: Yeah. So before we go any further about business and how you're growing the company, we have to get the fundamental understanding of what kombucha is and it's something that for me has always been that cool beverage in the morning. Hmm. Um, I don't drink coffee. I'd Hmm. much rather have kombucha. So, could you just give us an introductory to what it is to people who have no idea what it is? Cause I have a, a strong inclination that nobody really understands what kombucha does <laughs> in, in the And we'll get to the benefits after that.
1: Okay. So yeah, so kombucha is a fermented tea that was originally created in 226 BC in China. Um, a couple hundred years later in Japan, the, emperor I think is what you call the japanese ruler um the emperor said hey my life's pretty great i want to live forever how do we do that so they herbalist uh named kombu and kombu basically said hey here's the thing that's going to fix you and in japanese uh, means tea so he basically named it after himself it's kombu's tea for kombucha hmm. and gave it to him kombucha is full of probiotics which help Um, digest all the food that comes into your system it's full of digestive enzymes that help break down everything it rebalances the ph of your entire digestive system because meat gets digested very acidic while we actually have more alkaline systems uh, more consistent with something like a monkey or a frugivore and so keeping our ph right especially if you get a lot of red meat is really really important all of the antioxidants and benefits you would get from tea are very prevalent as well so, it's being used to um, ward off depression and anxiety, and it's actually being give to, given to type 2 diabetics because it's hmm. so effective at regulating blood sugar and slowing the digestion of carbs.
0: Mm, interesting. And have you seen scenarios where it's uh, fixed, uh, cured these types of uh, s-
1: situations? That's actually how I got into it in the first place. Mm. So, that was my uh, marketing software company. I was. I had uh, really chronic acid reflux for about three years to the point I'd kind of given up on fixing it. I hadn't tried a bunch of things, but I was like, I'll just live with it. It's fine, which isn't the right attitude, by the way. (laughs) And I'd always kind of liked the taste of kombucha. I'd picked up bottles at the store before, and I just kind of liked that tangy, sweet taste. It fit my palate pretty well. So for fun, I started brewing it at home. And after my first batch was done, I drank it every day, um, about 16 ounces worth. And one weekend, my acid reflex was 100% gone.
2: Hmm.
1: I was out of pain for the first time in three years. And I was like, wow, there's really something here. Yeah. So another week went by. I'm down six or seven pounds. And I go, there's really something here. There's got to be a business. So I started looking into it. And what I found out of why I never saw these results from store-bought stuff is because about two to three years ago, every store-bought brand of kombucha got slapped on the wrist really hard. Because on the shelves, they would, their alcohol percentage would creep up past that half a percent line. And so in order to keep all of their alcohol percentages below that half a percent line, they scaled back all the things that are really good for you. They scaled back mm. the probiotic yeast, which is a symbiotic relationship in kombucha. They scaled back everything that's really good for you in order to get these six-month shelf lives, hmm. which is great. But in order to get full benefit, you need home-brewed quality. So what I wanted to do is avoid retail altogether basically homebrew kombucha and get it to a consumer store step within days of it being completed, if not hours. Hmm. And that would allow people to really have this fresh, full power, not scaled back kombucha and really start to solve some of these internal issues.
0: That's really cool. And, um, wh- how many uh, cities are you currently in now?
1: We're in just in Seattle right now. In
0: Seattle. Yeah. That's awesome.
2: About two months ago.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, congratulations. Um, I think what's really interesting is I didn't know that about the, the um the setbacks in in kombucha so my question is are they are those setbacks of like the retail chains are they still applicable i guess you want to say like do they still have are they still taking out a lot of the necessary benefits um if you were to buy it at a store
1: yeah it and again it's still good for you yeah but the what i like to compare it to is buying vegetables out of south america that get covered in wax and shipped up here and they're trying to extend how long they last Mm -hmm. um versus going out into your backyard and picking some vegetables and eating them yeah it's not don't eat the ones from south america it's just a lot better if you can have them fresher and more local
0: yeah that's interesting so um i mean the benefits of of um that you've physically seen but is there anything else that you can say that like how often should you drink it um is it an everyday thing that you should drink? Um, I guess just go into under the basics of like, how can we apply this new lifestyle if we choose to drink kombucha?
1: Yeah. So what we've been doing recently is doing these, excuse me, seven day challenges where we have people basically try to drink kombucha every day for seven days and we track the results mm. and I can, I can actually send you the, um, the charts later on in, everybody saw a massive improvement in their mood, in their digestion, in their skin, in their and hmm. um, how well they slept and everything like that when they drink it every day for seven days. Hmm. Um, now, daily can be aggressive for some people, um, but I think it's good to always start out with kind of a cleanse of it to rebalance everything. Yeah. However, we offer subscriptions in three different ways, either weekly for the for the diehards that want it every day, like myself, and we have a couple of customers like that. Um, or every other week or once a month, depending on how much your household actually drinks. And that allows you to, if you really wanted to start off with a cleanse, drink a whole bunch. And then you go, you know what, I don't need it daily, maybe every other day, every third day, or I'm going to split it with somebody. Allows you to kind of integrate it into your lifestyle after you've kind of cleansed um, in a pretty carefree way.
0: Now, as a a business model, um, you making it yourself and then selling it on a subscription base... Mm-hmm. Has there been some setbacks being that you are so young into the uh into this into this venture
1: uh there are a lot of obstacles to overcome, um, but that's kind of the joy of business right? You get a new problem and you get to solve it um, and going to a new industry just means it's it's more problems I get to solve, which I'm actually pretty excited about
0: yeah and and so um the next question I have would be is Getting your first 100 customers is always like that thing, you know, it's that joy. And as you're growing, maybe you're there, maybe you're not, but what are some ways that you are growing your membership base, your subscription base um, from a marketing perspective? So how are you obtaining your first 100 customers?
1: So we actually have one of the best problems I've ever seen that I've ever had is that we're selling more than we can even supply. So We are selling almost every drop that goes out the door, Mm -hmm. Um, and we've been doing that by sponsoring events. Right, anything that is tangible and especially flavor oriented, Mm -hmm. um, you have to get people to consume. So what we've been doing is we've been um, we've sponsored events. We sponsored the Upstream Music Festival in Seattle. We sponsored the cryptocurrency event in Seattle. Uh, We're sponsoring a yoga event coming up in two weeks. We're going to a farmers market this Sunday. And just getting it in front of people, explaining really the difference, why we're doing it, why the subscription, why Fresh Kombucha really matters. And people really get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, we have zero attrition so far. So everybody who signed up for a subscription still has a subscription. Um, so We've got this really good customer loyalty, and they've been helping refer us out. And we've been growing that way organically and just getting in front of people.
0: Yeah. Do you think that um, that same philosophy in business can apply to other uh, non-food related type of uh, businesses?
1: Absolutely. It's almost impossible to find a SaaS system out there that doesn't have a free trial. Mm -hmm. If your margins are good, if you have the ability to let someone try something, do it. Yeah. Because right? at this day and age, it almost seems deceitful if you want money up front. It seems like you're trying to hide something, or it isn't going to fulfill that need um, adequately if you're trying to lock him into an annual contract without even letting him try it. Yeah,
0: no, that's very true. Very true. Uh, I mean, that, that's that's awesome. I and mean, so, like, you started in Seattle. You live in Seattle. Yep. Um, what is the what is the goal? What do you see uh, yourself doing a little bit uh, in in six, eight? 10, 12 months from, from now, do you plan on conquering other cities or you want to stay local to Seattle?
1: So what we really want to do is prove the business model, prove that people do care about fresh kombucha. They want it within days, not months of when it's finished. Build it up in Seattle really well. Probably do that in one to two more cities, probably Portland, um, Vancouver, maybe um, San Fran or somewhere like that. And then what we'd really like to do is franchise it and allow people to kind of start their own, but for every single city specifically, they'll have a hub, it's all produced there, it's all shipped to those customers within days, um, but we don't plan on shipping out from Seattle, we plan on shipping locally, no matter what city we expand to.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Great, great idea, great business model. Um, I, I absolutely love it. I mean, being that you've gone from business to to this one, uh, business to business, and then now to this one, do you sense? Do you have a sense or like an internal feeling that this one's different than all the rest?
1: Yes, <laughs> massively. This one has a a virality to it that I haven't really seen before. Right? I've never had to stop selling because we can't keep up, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and that's a really good problem to have. So right, right now we're looking at bigger breweries, bigger expansion things. We work out of a kitchen in South Seattle. It's a shared kitchen space. We knew it would only get us to. Um, about fifty customers. Yeah, we're already, or actually, I guess it'll get us to probably close to eighty to one hundred deliveries a month. Right now, we're beyond thirty. Um, one month in, we thought it would last us a little longer. Yeah, now we're looking at expanding space, but then I have to pay the Department of Health and Department of Agriculture again to approve a new space for us, which is never a fun bill.
0: Interesting. Um, I mean, that's a lot of setbacks. I mean, do you feel as if that the I mean, is it relatively easy to make kombucha in in your own home if you so chose?
1: Yes, you you can make kombucha in your own home. The only the the only I guess two difficult parts. One is keeping it at the right temperature. Kombucha yeah. brews best between seventy six and seventy eight degrees. Um, and there's little heating mats and ways to get you pretty close. And as long as you don't go above eighty five, it's not going to die. It just might take a little longer. Um, The only other thing is that you have to basically be sampling and testing it because if it gets too vinegary beyond your taste, that isn't very. You might not like that, and too early doesn't taste that great either. So you kind of have to develop your own palate, keep checking on it, and um, make sure you put it in a pretty sterile environment because if your um, scoby or symbiotic colony of yeast and bacteria goes bad, you have to throw it all away and start again.
0: Yeah, I've made uh, kombucha from a kit. Uh, that mm-hmm. I found online with my with my girlfriend and I. And uh, it was a cool experience. Um, it was good for just a relationship aspect because it, you're doing it with somebody else. Um, yeah. But the fact that you're also being healthy. And that's really interesting. I've never heard anybody um, receive the results that you have been able to. I know I personally feel better. But I also, I've only been able to understand kombucha from what I've read on the internet. And mm-hmm. being able to hear somebody um, see results. I think from a marketing perspective, if you're not using that already, I think that type of study and research would be gold from uh, to to get in front of your your target audience. Um, and I'm excited to see what happens for you in like more hipster towns because I'd say kombucha is very hipster. <laughs> uh, would you Would you agree?
1: It, five years ago, a hundred percent agree. Today, seventy percent agree. Okay, um, it's starting to have a. It's catching on. People are seeing the difference, and as Americans, we eat so much meat. And every every show I go to, I basically tell guys, "Hey, no more acid reflux." Everyone goes, "I'm sold." They call me yeah. the Tums Man <laughs> um, because people are having stomach issues, but it's not something people talk about. Yeah. So I, I think it's still hipstery, but it is definitely catching on with some more broad appeal.
0: I'll say here that in where I am, right outside Philadelphia, it is a little bit hipster. Um, mm-hmm. But you're right. If you could prove that it's helping people, I mean, why wouldn't they? They'd be foolish to to yeah. not at least be a part of it and get a part of the uh, the trend, so to speak. Um, Ryan, I, I'd like to shake the conversation up just a little bit, but mm-hmm. before we do, I have to ask everybody that's watching to um, subscribe to the podcast on YouTube uh, and head over to tbe show dot com for more interviews just like this one. Um, so. Right now, um, as you may have known, I showed you right before the podcast that uh, to confirm if this is your actual Instagram. <laughs> so uh, I did a couple of uh, I'm going to go through a, a scan and I've, I've saved a couple of images that I have um, on your Instagram channel where I just have some questions about it. And maybe you can tell me a little bit more about what's going on in this picture in particular. Yeah. Um this one in particular is the first picture that you've ever done on uh, Instagram, and it's basically, to the people listening, it's um, seven-ish, what is it, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven, yeah, seven kombucha bottles, um, all around the same color. I'm assuming that you only have one flavor right now, is that true?
1: That's true. We actually have kind of an interesting thing with our flavor. So, because our kombucha is so much more alive than anybody else's, Mm -hmm. we produce a very kind of subtle lemon-ginger flavor. Mm-hmm. that people have to kind of ask, oh, what is this flavor to even fully get it? It's just tasty. Yeah. Um, but then we encourage people to add about an ounce of a fruit, a raspberry, a blueberry, a cherry, a um, boysenberry, you name it, and then leave it overnight, and it will – the booch is so alive, it will basically consume that and become that flavor very rapidly. Interesting. So instead of trying to compete with GT on 37 flavors, we do right. one really tasty flavor, and then empower our customers to kind of make it their own.
0: And that was going to be my question. Do you have any anticipations of coming up with a new flavor? Um, but it seems as if that that extra level of care, um, that extra level of just uh, brand awareness and making it your own, have you found that more people are receptive to that than rather having all these 8,000 different um, styles and uh, flavors,
1: whatever it may be? absolutely. I get emails daily going, Oh my, Oh my God. cherries the best. Oh, this one's the best. Oh, I tried strawberries and I love it. Mm. Um, people are really having a lot of fun kind of making it their own Yeah. and I, they don't feel that empowerment with any other brand.
0: And the next picture that I have is just a picture of, um, uh, a young woman drinking the, the bottle. And I thought that like what you're doing on your Instagram is really interesting. Um, and you only have 36 posts and you have about, 2000 followers at that point. Um, and you're using other people to
1: promote the brand. That's actually my co-founder's girlfriend. (laughs) Okay, nice. Well, I was just
0: going to say like, what you're, I mean, you have other, other people in pictures, um, on your Instagram. Do you, do you feel as if that that's a a smart way to do marketing? Um, because it seems to be resonating with people, um, pretty, pretty extensively.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, she is a professional model which oh, okay. was particularly helpful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of a no-brainer to use. Um, her name's Renee Eddy. She has her on Instagram. Look her up. I believe it's just Renee Eddy. I can send the link later. Um, but it was kind of a no-brainer, and she's kind of helped us frame some of the shots and said, oh, we need this. And because we are such a locally-focused Seattle brand, I think what's resonated well is the fact that most of our shots are very iconic Seattle. Yeah, if you're exactly. a local, you will understand that that's obviously the Gum Wall, mm-hmm. or we've got some at the Sculpture Park, or I have some at the UW when the cherry blossoms are going, and those iconic shots resonate with Seattleites, and that's what I'm really trying to communicate with.
0: Yeah, that and that's really smart. Um, and, and and to anybody that's listening, I think that is a. a Great example. That's why I wanted to show that picture in particular because it had this the iconic Seattle. It had the person drinking and using the product. Um, I think if anybody needs inspiration to figure out what it is that they're doing, what they need to be doing on social media, um, and you have a product, I think. I think you guys are doing it right at, at, uh, at Bucciabelli. So uh, kudos and congrats to you on that one. Thank you. Um, this question in particular is just going to be a straight shot. Uh, there's mm-hmm. going to be no context at all, but I just love asking this question, <laughs> and I can't find a better way to add it into the
1: mix. Um, what is your dream? My dream for Belly, or my personal one?
0: Whatever pops in your head. Uh, I Both one, either
1: um, my dream is to have complete control over my time and my money. I don't want to say, I'm not going to do that because I don't have enough money. I need millions and millions, but if someone's like, Hey, let's go to Ireland for the weekend. I want to be able to say yes.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then the second part is I want to be able to say yes because of time, right? I want to create systems that grow and work and operate from within, produce a reasonable amount of revenue um, that allow me to really experience all life has to offer.
0: Very cool, great, great answer, and thank you for your transparency. Um, The final question that I have is the blind entrepreneur is defined as a person who may be temporarily lost or blind in business, maybe the type of uh, people that you once were at the very beginning of this conversation. So to those people, what are three pieces of advice that you would give to a fellow entrepreneur
1: my mantra and how i or I guess I'm going to call it a bad habit, yet it leads to entrepreneurship, <laughs> is I always go, "I could do that, <laughs> and I think that's kind of the heart of the entrepreneurial spirit is seeing something that you want to do or think you could do better and just having the confidence and belief in yourself to believe I could do that. Um, the second is anytime you come across any um, problem, you go, God, this should be easier. Figure out if it is Google it, find a solution because guaranteed you're not the only one who thinks it should be easier. If there's a, if there's need, if it's not being done by somebody else, that's that's a business idea. And if, you, if you combine that this should be easier and I could do that, that's a business as well. And then the third piece of advice is a support system. You need people who believe in you. You need people who are going to be honest with you. And that's a very fine line. Having people be able to say that's a great idea, or have you thought about this, but kind of will help critique you and not just blow smoke, are vitally important. And if anybody ever said, I knew you were going to fail, get them out of your life. Mm -hmm. They are from the shadows, making you feel worse about your dreams, and you can't have that.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Interesting. That leads up to um, another question. What happens Mm -hmm. if that person is a really good friend of yours?
1: What happens if that person is a family
0: member? What they can
1: you, be a family member. They're not a very good friend. Mm. Um, you can try to get them on board or basically say, I, I'm going to pursue this dream. I'm going to go after this. You can get on board or, or you can help support me, bite your tongue, or get out of my way. But you can't have both. You can't have somebody, especially someone you care about or is important to you, whispering in your ear that you're going to fail and possibly believe that you're going to succeed. Yeah. That's great
0: advice. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for your time this morning to talk about your experiences and uh, and all the things that you've been able to accomplish in 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 your business, Butcher Belly. It it sounds like an amazing thing, and I'm excited for hopefully one day, for it to come <laughs> uh, to over to this uh, neck of the woods over here in the East Coast. Um, yep. I'd like to give the next thirty seconds to you to just promote everything you have going on. Um, tell us how they can, uh, the people in Seattle, can become a customer if they're listening and they want a possible franchise, uh, even though it's not available right now. I'm sure you're still thinking about it, um, or whatever it may be. Just give us the next thirty seconds to promote whatever it is you have going on.
1: Okay. Um, if you are local in Seattle, go on to www.fuchabelly.com and sign up for a subscription. Uh, If you want to shoot me an email directly, I'm ryan at bucha-belly.com, and I'll send you a free bottle. Um, We're actually starting to promote a whole bunch of – we were so successful with our first seven-day challenge that our biggest skeptics are the ones that now have weekly subscriptions (laughs) that I'd love to get you signed up. I'd love to give you a week free and uh, see if we can fix your stomach issues, help kind of just rebalance your digestive system. Whatever it takes, we want to make you healthy.
0: Very cool. And it's dot com, and all of the information is going to be in the show notes. Uh, to those that are still watching and listening, thank you guys for always liking, commenting, and subscribing. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on YouTube and head over to tbeshow.com for more interviews. Go out there and execute your vision, everybody. Have a good rest of your day.